0: Today, guys, back here live in the studio for another episode of Hot Takes with TP3. I'm your host Thomas Penland, joined after two weeks off by Ben Gorwitz here in the studio on Wednesday, March third. It is 2021. Ben, say what's up to the people.
1: Uh thanks for having me back. A little two week hiatus, but uh it's good to be back. It's good to be back to talk sports with you.
0: Yeah, absolutely, Ben. So, weren't you uh out in Colorado skiing?
1: I was in Colorado skiing with the fam. How was that? It was it was a great time. Went to Vail, Colorado this year. Shredded some slopes. Uh, had great weather. Got four inches of snow when we were out there. So
0: okay.
1: it was a real good time.
0: Hey, I'm glad to hear that, Ben. I'm glad you had fun out there. I wish the uh, wish they are allowing fans in the stands out there so you could have stopped it and caught up on the nuggets a little bit. Um, but we got a pretty good podcast for y'all, guys. I mean, it's not quite – halfway through the season, but it is pretty much the all-star break at this point in time in the NBA. So pretty much what we're gonna do on today's podcast is kind of go off who we think is gonna win each award and why. And then also, you know, kinda project out for the second half of the year what we think's gonna happen in the second half of the season. Just kinda give y'all, you, you know, some initial thoughts throughout the NBA season. Haven't done too much so far this season on the NBA, so this should be a good podcast. Also, um, we're gonna have an all-star podcast on Friday and on Monday, we'll, have, we'll preview the College Basketball Conference Championships, and then the following week, we'll have a bunch of March Madness podcasts for y'all, so lots of content coming. It's the best time of the year, guys. March is upon us. Biggest time of the year for basketball, so get ready, get locked in for that, but Ben, let's start off here with our first first half of the year award and we'll start off with the one that i think that ever actually you know we will go in the order i text them to you so why not let's go ahead and start out with coach of the year ben who do you think is going to win coach of the year and why
1: so there's two candidates i think i think there's a an actual realistic one and i think there's one that deserves it mm-hmm. um i think tom thibodeau tom thibodeau is a mm-hmm. very good candidate for this case But in real life, I don't think he would win the award. I think it would go to Doc Rivers, to be honest with you. Um, He's first in the East. He's taken over a team that has always been talented. I know they added some guys that Brett Brown didn't have. But Doc Rivers has been able to get Ben Simmons and Embiid to play on the court together and have a very good positive rating, which they were always in the negatives under Brett Brown. I think this is a team that has untapped potential. I mean, the the potential that Embiid and Simmons individually can give you is through the roof. They're both all-star caliber players. They are both all-star players. Um, Embiid is, is playing at the, is playing at an MVP level. Ben Simmons is regarded as the best defender in the league. And they're finally, this organization has put it together this year. So I think Doc Rivers would be a real good candidate here to win Coach of the Year.
0: Hey, you know, Ben, I think that's a good choice. I think both those guys are, but I'm not going to go with neither of them here. Which I kind of like, honestly. I like the fact we're not agreeing or picking out the same candidates. Um, yeah, you know, I think I think what you said, I think Doc Rivers is going to be either one or two for this award. I just feel like that Tom Thibodeau, he's done a great job. He probably could win it. Probably he's doing the best with the least of anybody. But I got to go with Quinn Snyder and what the Utah Jazz are doing. I would give it to the Jazz because I personally think, just with the, you know, the way that they're disappointing everything from the playoffs, they've been playing with a chip on their shoulder, but also, too, they have the best record in the Western Conference, which is the hardest conference to win. I just think the fact that you're 27-8 and eight at this point in the season, and you've been playing as well as the Jazz have, I feel like you got to give it to Quinn Steiner, man, what he's doing with this team. He doesn't even have a real superstar. The fact that he got Rudy Gobert and um, Donovan Mitchell to buy into what he's doing after a lot of people thought they were going to split up. I think that nobody's done a better job with their team than Quinn Steiner and what he's done with that Jazz roster.
1: I mean, you're not wrong. He's the best record in the league. His best record in the league, and you know, they've beaten a lot of good teams so far. They've proven um, that they are a really good team. We'll see if they can kind of keep this going, especially into mm-hmm. the playoffs. I do want to say this they have done, their organizations did a really good job of keeping the band together. I believe they have played the most minutes of starters that played together in 2020 together, which continuity as a small market team, when you're not going to bring in a big, huge free agent to change the organization's outlook, yeah, continuity matters. And, Jordan Clarkson is yeah, – I think we're going to talk – We I don't know if we're talking about six Man of the Year, but he's probably the front runner for six Man of the Year. Mm-hmm. Um, Donovan Mitchell has stepped his game up big time. The, Quinn Sanders is a tremendous guess and – I mean, a uh, tremendous pick for Coach of the Year. I also think Monty Williams of the Suns yeah. is doing a tremendous job, but I do want to say with the Suns is – this is just my opinion, but I, I feel like anytime you bring in a player like Chris Paul mm-hmm. – I think he does a little bit more than he's going to get credit for, and he gets a lot of credit. Um, but you know, I, people were complaining a little bit about Devin Booker not getting in the All-Star game originally, and Chris Paul did. And I understand that Devin Booker is the best player on the team as of today's NBA, and he does have better numbers. But Chris Paul is the MVP of that team, and it's not even close because. Look what Devin Booker and the Suns did without Chris Paul. They never won more than 23 games. You bring in Chris Paul for one uh, – a half of a season, and they've already matched that amount of wins. So Chris Paul, um, he's just another head coach, but Monty Williams does deserve a lot of credit. There's a, there's a lot of coaches that deserve credit.
0: No, I agree with you completely on that one, Ben. Um you know what? We'll actually be revisiting that six-man-of-the-year award here in a little bit, so that was a little teaser right there for you. We might actually have to get some agreement on that one. Next up, let's talk the big one everybody wants to talk about, Ben. Who are you picking to win MVP?
1: So as of right now, it's really close, but I'm, I'm going to stay with Joel Embiid. And I, I know that he's missed – I think he's missed the total of six games. Yeah. Um, so he's played 29 of the 35. But his numbers are just ridiculous. His numbers – have gotten better and the team is now winning behind him. He's the clear front runner. Number one for his team. His team is the number one in the Eastern conference. They're going with him. And doc rivers has said in interviews, he goes, listen, we're going to get, uh, Joel Embiid the ball. Other teams know it and you can't stop it. Uh, Joel Embiid's mindset to me looks a little bit different. Um, I don't know if that's a doc rivers effect. I don't know if, if he's just finally grown up, but like, what I've always said to people that I talk to Sixers basketball with is, and, and Shaq says this all the time. Shaq does a tremendous job of calling players out when he feels need be. Joel Embiid is a guy that should dominate every single night in the NBA based on his skill set, based on his size, and he did not do that until this year. And Shaq used to get on him. He goes, "Dude, like, think about how strong you are. Think about how big you are. And how skilled you are. Don't be, stop being lazy." And to me, he he's not lazy anymore. And he his jump shot is very good now for for a seven footer. So I'm going to go with Joel Embiid.
0: Yeah, um, you know Ben, I'm unfortunately going to have to agree with you on this one. I think Joel Embiid, with the season he's having and what he's doing, the fact the Sixers are first in the Eastern Conference. You know, you're going to get a complete agreement from here on this one. Um, we actually, instead of talking about that, um, I just I just wanted to double check right there to see if I had it as a topic. It's not necessarily as a topic, but let's kind of talk about it now. You know, there's going to be guys that are going to have chances for their teams to surge and for you know to come into the to come into the picture as the season keeps going on here. And I actually think James Harden isn't really yeah. getting any love right now, and he should be. Um, James Harden, I personally think, should be a front runner in the MVP conversation. I mean, this guy came to a winning team, and now he I mean yeah, his scoring's down down a little bit, but James Harden leads the league in assists now, and this Suns team without him or the Nets team without him was. 7-6, and six, and they're 16-6 with him. I mean, it's been crazy. They haven't even had Kevin Durant in the lineup. They're the first team to ever play six games on a West Coast road trip and win all six of them. Um, I just think with all that being said, James Harden deserves no more love. A lot of people's beef with James Harden was that he wouldn't be able to ever change his game over to the way it needs to be for a winning team. I mean... What has he done? Instead of averaging thirty three points, he's only averaging twenty five. He's averaging seven point seven rebounds a game and a league leading eleven assists per game. He's getting everyone else involved. I mean, it feels like too, he's made Kyrie Irving work better with this team as well, just the way, you know, that uh that Kyrie I feel like he's off ball more and it gives him more of a chance, you know, to get better matchups and just to get a better feel for the game rather than Harden's focus on moving the ball. I think James Harden has a serious chance here, especially if the Nets are able to jump Philly for that one seed.
1: Yeah, I mean, I totally agree. Also It's worth mentioning that post-trade James Harden is averaging a career high in assist, rebounds, and three-point field goal percentage, which means he is is, uh, not only getting his teammates involved, not only playing winning basketball by getting in the rebounding game, Mm -hmm. but he is being more efficient when he – he may be taking less shots, but he's being more efficient, and that's all that matters. So James Harden uh, definitely deserves to be in the MVP talk. And listen, we're just doing first-half awards. I mean – there's a whole other half a season left, which you can really take the first half and the second half as two different seasons in the NBA. Um, So listen, his numbers are not going to go down. Uh, Even when Durant comes back, he's still going to be the facilitator of this team and the Nets are still going to win a lot of games.
0: Yeah. Ben said it pretty well right there. Um, Second half of the season still has to come around and, you know, they haven't even played half the full season yet, and there'll be guys who will make the All-NBA teams that won't even make the All-Star team. Just watch. It happens every single year, so Ben's 100% right on that one. Um, next award here, let's go with Defensive Player of the Year. I think there's only two clear-cut candidates here, but Ben, who you got on this one?
1: I'm going to go Miles Turner, Indiana Pacers. Uh, leading the league in blocks. Okay. Um, the, you know, Rudy Gobert it was another option that I was considering. He's always in it. I think think he even won it last year you did um i'm gonna go with miles turner um you know I, I think the blocks as a big man usually this word almost always goes to a big man his defensive presence inside is is like no other this year i think he's averaging i could double check real quick he's averaging 3.35 blocks per game okay. I, I think i think you have to i think that's worth noting uh it's and its worth
0: an award yeah you know that's definitely not a bad choice there with miles turner um i'm not going to go back to rudy gobert though you know i just feel like that rudy gobert he got it last year i mean yeah he's playing well the jazz up the number one um record in the league um he is first in the league kind of in um his defensive like win share is plus seven wins for the team miles turner's is plus 5.9 um Capella's the guy in between them at six point eight. It's like kinda of crazy. The Jazz got two of the top guys though, five point five as well for Conley and beat at five point five, but I'm gonna go with Ben Simmons. Um Best I'm, defender in the Yeah, exactly. Ben Simmons, I mean, he called himself the best defender in the league. The way he can defend on the perimeter, also the way he crashes the board and, you know, just the plays he makes all over the floor. Ben Simmons has found ways to dominate games in this era of basketball without being able to shoot a three-point ball. He does it with his defense and with his passing and his ability to get other teammates involved. So I think you got to give Ben Simmons some love for the way he's been playing games lately and give him this award. He's, he's the
1: best. He's the best perimeter defender in the league. He's probably been that for a couple years now.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I love Ben Simmons there for that award. Um next one up here that we'll go with is we're gonna go with the most improved player. Who do you have for this one, Ben?
1: So there's two guys that I wrote down because I'm not sure if mm-hmm. this first guy I'm gonna say really counts, but he definitely is getting better and better each and every year. And that's Zach Levine. Okay. I, I don't know I don't know if he kinda counts for this award because he I believe he averaged over 20 last year but I know the Bulls don't win a lot of games, especially since he's become the man and Jimmy Butler's gone but he just seems to get better and better and better and you know when you watch, I don't I don't know if a lot of people watch Bulls games, but he shows up just about every single game but the other candidate that he's, he's kind of been shopped around and I would be really shocked if he didn't get traded at some point is uh, Jeremy Grant of the Pistons. That dude okay. is balling out this year. And he listen, he's a piece that can absolutely help a contender. He I believe he was on the was he on the Thunder last year? He was. He was. He's
0: on the Nuggets last year.
1: The Nuggets, thank you. And I think, I mean, the Nuggets aren't going to get him back at the deadline because they could have just re-signed him, but I think he's worth a contender to look at.
0: Yeah. Um That's a great pick right there, Ben. So I actually would probably say Jeremy Grant. And then I was going to do Christian. I like Christian Wood a lot. He would have been my winner until he got hurt. He's just been out and missed too many games. But, I mean, he went up from 13 points per game to 23.6. From 6.3 rebounds to 10.7. Also up almost a full block per game. But, yeah, you know, I think it'd either be between Julius Randle and Jeremy Grant. But Jeremy Grant went from 23.6. He went to 23.6 points per game from twelve. Um, his rebounds went from three point five to five point nine. His assists went up a uh, one and a half assists to two point one so, or two point nine. So, pretty good stuff right there for Jeremy Grant. I'm gonna have to agree with you on that one, man. I just feel like it's it's Jeremy Grant's award to lose at this point. Um, next next guy up here, we are going to go with the rookie of the year. And I mean, I think me and Ben are gonna have the same guy for this one. I feel like it's got to be Lamelo Ball, especially the way he's been coming on lately. The the Timberwol- or the Hornets have had some injuries at the guard position. Lamelo Ball stepped in. He's gone for over 20 in his last four games. Also gone for over 10 assists in those last four games. This guy's surging, playing his best basketball. He seems to, um, have, you know, just like figured out a way to play his game and fit in in this league. I think Lamelo Ball is gonna keep getting better too in the second half of the season
1: i agree it's lamella ball for me and since he's since he's become a starter mm-hmm. um, for the hornets his numbers have gone way up i mean he's he just contributes to this team in so many different ways he's a he's a uh, pretty good rebounding guard he can make the flashy pass he can make the easy pass he's unbelievable in a one-man transition because of his size and craftiness at the rim he's even shooting it pretty well um you know there's there's a lot of rookies that I think Anthony Edwards is playing some good basketball for a he rookie. Um, he's shown that scoring is just not going to be a problem for him in the NBA. I think right now he's averaging 13 or around 13 points per game on, you know, the one of the worst teams in basketball. But, you know, that team's not healthy. I think scoring is never going to be a problem for Anthony Edwards. And Tyrese Halliburton, I think mm-hmm. – I mean, listen, I, I was high on him. I think you were also high on him when he got drafted by the Kings – I know that I'm pretty sure you wanted the Hawks to get yeah, him. I did. I mean, he, this dude is, he fits in the NBA. He's figuring out how to play, and you can already tell because after a lot of games, a lot of the veterans are starting to talk to him, and I feel like that's just a sign of respect. And uh, but LaMelo Ball is the frontrunner for the uh, rookie of the year.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, at this point, it's pretty much LaMelo's Lamella's award to uh, lose are out you, on, which I don't think you, he will.
1: Are you a little shocked about the – I'm going to look up his numbers right now, but I feel like Obi Toppin has not produced anything for the Knicks.
0: Nah, he was injured and kind of found his way out of the rotation. The Knicks, you know, haven't really found themselves in rebuild mode, so he hasn't really been logging the kind of minutes you would expect either.
1: Yeah, he's only playing 12 to 13 minutes a game.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So definitely not what you're expecting to see from Obi Toppin. Um now that we've kind of gone through our, you know, our halfway through the season awards, let's kind of talk about what we expect to happen in the second half. Um, so obviously, there's been some teams that have been disappointing this first half of the season. Ben, what team do you think will surge after the All Star break and you know kind of find themselves either up a couple spots in the uh, conference rankings or what?
1: Yeah, so I'll give you one team from each conference, and okay. uh, I'll start with the West. I think the Denver Nuggets. I mean, this is a team I'm pretty shocked that they're this low in the West right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have just so much depth that even injuries to a couple players, it should not affect them this much. Um, it's a team that has a lot of returning players. A lot of these guys have played with each other for a couple of years. They've, been, they've made deep playoff runs with the same coach and most and the same stars on their team. I'm a little shy am not doing a little bit better, but I do think by the end of the year they will figure this out and uh, get back in within the top three, top four of the West. For the um, East, it's pretty.
0: Wait, let me. I just about Denver. If I were to a team conference, five to pick a team out of the West. I would pick Denver and agree with you here on this one for all the same reasons you said, but also, too, kind of these teams that made deep runs into the uh, bubble seem to be a little fatigued right now. I think that Denver will find their legs and figure things Absolutely. out in the second half. And also, too, Denver could easily make a big time trade. They have so much talent and so many guys that play. I mean, Denver could easily make a trade, but I mean, shoot, right now they win, they go on a four-game win streak, they could be the four-seed in the Western Conference.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's a great point about making the deep run. Um, You know, I don't, I'm not a doctor, I don't want to speculate, but I wonder if Anthony Davis was kind of, uh, um, you know, on the bad luck side, you know, his Achilles kind of strained on him, and listen, these guys did not get a lot of rest, Um, so not everyone's body. I mean, not everyone is LeBron James where they can just recover. The dude's 36 years old and seems to have no problem. But my team from the East, and this is not that much of a shocker either. They started really slow, and they're starting to pick things way up. But that's the Miami Heat. <laughs> um, I don't – I'll get into this a little bit later, but I expect the Heat's roster right now to not mm-hmm. be the same after the trade deadline. Same. Um I think they're in a very good position to get one player that I'll talk about later. And uh, so I'm going to pick them as my team that's going to surge from the East. They're seventh right now. I would be shocked if they're not top five.
0: Ben, uh, we, I swear to you guys, first off me and Ben didn't exchange notes before the podcast. Uh, most of the time we kind of talk things out beforehand, but I didn't ask him just because I wanted it to kind of be more of reactions, but literally the exact same team as Ben has over there. They're six and four in their last 10 games. And we've seen them kind of climb, you know, from single-digit wins all the way to being 17-18 in the seventh spot. Um, they're now one game back from being in the four seed. I think we'll see the Heat finish somewhere up there. And like you said, you know, they could easily make a trade. Kendrick Nunn's been balling out. Dragic has been banged up. Jimmy Butler's been banged up. You know, they're one of the most COVID-ridden teams in the league. I think they really could. Just because, though, me and Ben picked the same teams, I'm going to give you all one more. And... I actually think the Washington Wizards will. The Wizards also have been one of the most COVID-written teams. Um, they're now a 7-3 and in their last 10 games. They have 13 wins. They had the worst record in the league probably two weeks ago. Um, I think this Wizards team will keep on surging, and I think they'll find their way into at least the top 10 teams in the Eastern Conference and get to be a part of that play-in to make the playoffs. So I just feel like the Wizards, you know, they have too much talent, man. Beal, Beal was pretty much leading this team by himself, and they are a fringe playoff team without him. Yes, I know a lot of people hate Westbrook. Westbrook is still a good player, and Westbrook has a triple-double. They haven't lost a game yet this season. I expect Westbrook and Beal and this team to keep on building and getting better together. I expect the Wizards to find their way into the playoffs.
1: That would be something. <laughs> the Wizards making the playoffs?
0: Well, at least the top ten teams for the play-in. I should have said that now.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, anyway... Those are teams that we think will surge. Now, there's been some teams that have uh, over kind of uh performed so far in the first half of the season. So, our teams that we think will fall off in the second half. I'm going to go ahead, I'm going to go first on this one. Um I think there's one team it's pretty obvious here. That's the San Antonio Spurs. They're 18 and 13 right now. They just got hit with COVID. Um I think it's going to hurt their chemistry a little bit. Also, too, I wouldn't be shocked to see them try to sell on DeRozan or Aldridge. You know, they have some good young players, and Pops found a way to play well with this team. But I think when these games start to matter more for these teams, and they need to play harder and harder and harder every single night, I expect them to be a lot worse in the second half of the season. I expect teams to come in there and get big wins against San Antonio. I think San Antonio goes down. I don't think San Antonio will finish in the top eight in the Western Conference right now. They're fifth. I
1: am. I am the exact same team in the West, and I think is going to fall. Uh, the San Antonio Spurs, but you know, for all the reasons you said, I mean, well, one, you know, you look at their roster. I, I don't. It's not that. It's not great. I mean, it's 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 fine because you're having a couple of nice pieces, but they're just kind of old. I mean, Demar is getting up there. Lamarcus is definitely old mm-hmm. at this point. Rudy Gay is definitely old at this point. I love Dejounte Murray. Uh, I just. I, I just think they're going to fall off, but. You know, I, I think just to give the listeners another team, I think the Utah Jazz. I mean, the only yeah. reason I say that is because they can't get any better, right? The only yeah. the only way down, the only I mean, from they're twenty seven and eight, how much better could they be? Are they really gonna do this the entire season? I I would doubt that. So um my my fear with the Jazz, and I'm curious to know what your opinion is before we go to our Eastern Conference team, would be do you do you think this team is similar to what the Hawks were in twenty? Was it, you got to help me out? Twenty thirteen maybe when they were the one seed and no one really thought they were for real. Then the Hawks lost. They got swept in the playoffs, or maybe they lost first round or second round to LeBron or something like. You remember the year I'm talking about?
0: Yeah. What what year did you say? Would you say fifteen?
1: It, I said 13. I didn't know if it was 13, 14, or 15. It was 15.
0: Um, it was I, 15.
1: I, I, my point is, like, I mean, the Hawks got the one seed. They were great all season long. The mm-hmm. Jazz are the one seed. They're great all season long. But and Donovan Mitchell's great, but there's no superstar in the playoffs. Usually your role players don't play as well. And I don't think Jordan Clarkson and um, – and uh, oh, can't believe I'm blanking on his name. Ingles are going to shoot this well from the outside Mm -hmm. all season long. It's pretty hard to do it, you know, all season long. So the Jazz, they have not been great in the postseason, but they've kind of had a little bit of bad luck, a little bit their fault. But listen, I think Donovan Mitchell is a great player. I think he's only getting better. I I just don't know if he can lead a team to the Western Conference Finals when the West is this tough.
0: Yeah, um, I'm going to... I think the Jazz, personally, I think they'll end up having the best record in the Western Conference. I think when they fall off will be the playoffs. They shoot the three ball really well, and they have Clarkson, who kind of runs the second unit the same way that Donovan Mitchell runs the first unit. They play really good defense with Gobert, who arguably might be the best defensive player in the league besides Ben Simmons. They probably won it, He's been the best big. Ben Simmons probably the best perimeter defender. I think the Jazz are built for regular season success. Also, they seemed, it seems like they have the most fans in the stands, and they kind of have that elevation. I mean, they're 15-2 and two at home, for crying out loud. I think this Jazz team will finish off the regular season with the best record, but I think in the playoffs that they will not make it out of the Western Conference.
1: Yeah,
0: okay. Um, wait, so you, you said you had an Eastern Conference team that you think will fall off?
1: There's actually a couple. Um, okay. I mean, Does anyone think the Knicks are going to do this all season long?
0: No, absolutely not. (laughs)
1: Yeah, so I think they're an obvious choice, but I'm going to stick with my team that I said – I think you and I both said we're going to have a disappointing year, and I'm going to go with the Pacers again, Um, like I did in the beginning of the season. I I really like Sabonis, but they just don't – their formula does not fit for the NBA. They're too damn big. And I don't love their guard play to carry them throughout a year. They're not playing well now. I think they're 15 and 18 overall, and then they're three and seven in their last ten. Yeah, they've not. lost. Four, they've lost four in a row. They've dropped now. It's only the first half of the year, but I, I just don't see it with this team. I, I did not understand the firing of Nate McMillan. I, I really didn't.
0: Yeah, now we actually have him to lead Atlanta, and you know, actually, we should have opened up talking about Lloyd Pierce getting traded. I knew I was forgetting something that we needed to talk about. We'll talk or getting fired. We'll talk about that at the end, though. Save that one. But yeah, I'm gonna agree with you on this one as well, Ben. Um, Karis Lavert probably won't return this season, which also hurts them a lot. If Lavert was able to play, I would have liked the Pacers a little bit better to stay in the race. But without him, I think they definitely fall off here. Um, let's move now to. The NBA trade deadline is coming up. Obviously, when it gets close to the deadline, we'll have a lot more speculation podcasts. This is probably the most fun stuff to talk about is potential NBA trades and everything. Ben, who will be the biggest name traded at the NBA trade deadline?
1: Well, I I, I keep thinking it's going to be Bradley Beal, but I'm really not sure what the Wizards are thinking. So I'm going to go with someone else. And you know, just for the folks listening, there have been no rumors of this guy even being thought of traded but I think it's going to be Nikolai Vucevic of the Magic. Um, I I, I think the Magic are going to look at the contract that they just gave him, realize how bad that they really are. And I know that you know Jonathan Isaac is hurt. Um, They have some other injuries, Markel Fultz and and stuff like that. But they're not going to win with Vucevic being paid this much and no one else contributing around him. I, I think he's a player. I know that his contract is fairly big. Uh, because he just got it. I think it was five years over $100 million. Listen, he's a tremendous player. And I think there's a lot of teams that could use him. So I think there's going to be teams trying to call the Magic and say, hey, is he available? And there just might be a team that comes around that just they, the Magic can't turn down. So I, I'm going to take a wild guess and say Vucevic.
0: Ben. I swear we don't exchange notes before. I agree with you completely. <laughs> I think the Magic would be stupid not Trey Vucevic at this point. Obviously, he's still locked in contractually for a couple. Actually, let me double check his contract. But, I think uh, he's
1: got. I think he's got four more years. That's I think what he I thought. just I think he just signed a five-year extension, or a five-year deal.
0: Yeah, I believe you're correct on that one. As I pull it up, but. Yeah, so he's two years left on his deal. I think, though, you're completely right here. I think there's a lot of teams that could look to trade for him. I think maybe the Raptors would be a good home for him. I think the Raptors could give him, you know, maybe like OG and Anobi and a future first-round pick I think would be enough to get him away. Um, The Magic look awful. I mean, they have too many big men. I think they want to see what they have at some point in time with Mo Bamba. You know, I think that these two teams could make a deal. I think it would be a pretty easy deal to make the Raptors have a lot of cap space and everything, but – I think even the Mavericks, a lot of these teams, would be very interested in making a Vucevic trade. I personally don't think Porzingis will get traded. I don't think Kimball Walker will, even though I think he should. Um, I really don't. Th- I think Victor Oladipo, though, or John Wall, are probably the next two biggest-named guys that could possibly be up for trade. Um, I wouldn't be shocked to see the Rockets try to move either of those guys. The Rockets are easily the worst Rockster in the entire NBA. They're going to do anything and everything they can to make a trade. Um, can, I, can I ask you something about Porzingis? What's up? What why would a team want him? Exactly. He can't but stay I, healthy and he can't defend on the perimeter. He gets killed in these pick and rolls.
1: And pick and roll is what every NBA team runs just about every single play. Yeah. I, I just I don't see it with him. I, I don't know if I really ever did. I mean he I'm pulling up his numbers. He's he he's supposed to be a big guy that's a you know, that he likes to mm-hmm. play on the perimeter on offense. Well, He's shooting 34% from threes. So if he's going to hang out in the three-point lane like he likes to do, you're going to have to do a whole lot better than 34%. I I just don't see it with him. I don't think he's – and that's why I think part of the um, Mavericks' problem is, well, one, I don't think their surrounding cast around Luka is very good at all. I think it's borderline. I think it's borderline horrendous.
0: How bad was that uh, Seth Curry trade, by the way? Josh Richardson has been a nothing for them. Imagine if they still had Seth Curry. They might have one of the best three-point shooting teams in the league around Luka.
1: Josh Richardson is averaging 13 points and shooting 29.8% from threes. That's just awesome. horrendous. I mean, I, I don't understand what the Mavericks, what Mark Cuban, and them are looking at this roster and saying, well, this can compete because I got news for you. It's not. It's not very good.
0: Yeah, no, I I you get total agreements from me. By the way, Ben, how how criminal is it tonight that we have the number one team in the Western Conference playing the number one team in the Eastern Conference and it's not on national television? It's unbelievable. I mean it's just so absurd. I, I mean the NBA's gotta be able to flex these games out. I mean, I don't I don't care who's playing who. I mean, you gotta be able instead we're gonna watch the Nets minus ten. Ten point favorite team play the Rockets. I mean, the Nets are gonna beat the Rockets by five hundred. I mean, <laughs> It's just unbelievable to me that that's what we're going to have to watch instead of that game. Um, anyway, this is my favorite part of the whole podcast. There's nothing more fun than speculating about trades. So, Ben, give me some trade that is going to, that you would like to – it doesn't even have to be one you think will happen. Give me a trade that you would like to see happen that would shake things up.
1: Easy. Miami Heat get Bradley the deal. Wow. Easy. Easy. And okay. this is not—he is not a very hard player to get, in my head at least, for the Miami Heat if they want him. Mm-hmm. I would offer—I'd offer Tyler Hero, in a heartbeat, in a heartbeat. I wouldn't even think twice. I—the I, only guy I would not give up—that's a young guy—is Bam Adebayo.
0: Okay.
1: I would—I would literally tell the Wizards you can—you can pick who you want. Other than that, give up—give up Hero, give up, I and mean, whoever they want. Give up two players and a None. pick. Two players in a, in a first-round pick, and I think you can get Bradley Beal. I, I, you know, I, I think another player that I'm interested to see if he if he's going to get traded. I don't think he will because his contract, he's a, he's in a prove-it year. He's in the final year of his contract. But Lonzo Ball is an interesting name to me. Um, the The Pelicans don't necessarily need him. Brandon Ingram controls the ball. He kind of runs point for them. They also have Eric Bletzo, who I think they signed. Zion plays some point guard for them. When I mean point guard, just brings the ball up and runs some plays. Lonzo, who is playing a lot better, by the way, I just feel like the New Orleans Pelicans are not the best fit for him. So I'm going to throw his name out there. I don't think anyone from the Raptors is going to move because they're going to be, I think they're still a solid team. But if they started to fall, I think Kyle Lowry is a name that could get thrown out there but my for number one I'm gonna stick with Miami Heat should go get Bradley Beal there's no excuse not to go get him
0: no I agree with you completely the Heat should go do it I mean it'd probably be hero none some draft picks maybe even Duncan Robinson but still I would do whatever you have to do maybe precious a Chua to go out there and acquire Bradley Beal give the Wizards whatever they want um I have a very interesting trade with you. I might even confuse myself on it, so bear with me. It's a three-team trade that should happen. So, the Celtics send Kimball Walker to the Timberwolves. The Timberwolves send them in return um, um, Ricky Rubio. The Magic are the third party in this trade. The Magic also send the Celtics Nick Vucevic. Then the Celtics send the Magic in return Grant Williams, and uh, they send Grant Williams two, two future first-round picks, and Romeo Langford. Also, the Timberwolves send the Magic Jarrett Culver, and that is my three-team trade right there. What do you think about that?
1: So the Timberwolves only get Kemba Walker?
0: Yeah. I think they would do that, though. Why
1: would they want Kemba when they already have D'Angelo Russell?
0: Well, D'Angelo Russell and Rubio already play together, so their guards would just be – so they would play Kimba at their point. They would play Kimba and D'Lo together, but Lo's okay. hurt, though. He's out for 10 games, but they can always – Yeah, but the, se-
1: the, season, the season's already over for the
0: Timberwolves anyway. Yeah, I mean, they're the only team left with single-digit wins. Even the Rockets have double-digit wins.
1: Yeah, I mean, listen, that's not a bad trade
0: for all parties. I, I don't know
1: – I don't know what team would really get rid of it because Boston clearly, I mean, their fans are so fed up with Kimball Walker. It's actually hilarious at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, the Magic, you and I talked about the reasons why we think they should get rid of Vucevic. You and I talked before the season started when we were uh, given our our um, Eastern Conference standings previews. We, we thought the Celtics need to get a better big man. I, mm-hmm. Tice, is, Tice works just fine, but Vucevic is a major upgrade from that. Uh, in that department, so I you know it that trade works for all three teams. i I don't know who I mean I think it works the least amount for the Timberwolves. I don't know if they would want kemba that contract for a player that's clearly you know going downhill. yeah, but they gotta do something at some point. i i I mean, I love the way Malik uh, Malik Beasley has been playing for the Timberwolves. I know that he's suspended now. doesn't matter. they're they're terrible. I need to see Malik Beasley, I need to see Russell, and I need to see Carl Anthony Towns play together for a period of time. Yeah. Because I think that is a solid big three. No, By the way, Malik Malik Beasley could be up there for most improved player.
0: Oh, for sure. I think him getting suspended is going to hurt his case overall. It but is,
1: It is because he's missing 10 games. Yeah. And at, the end of the, and at the end of the season, I believe he has to go to jail. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, so, yeah, that's, that doesn't look too good for Malik Beasley winning that award. But, no, he has been absolutely balling out this season. Um, that's pretty much it for our end-of-the-season awards and us predicting what happens the second half of the season. But, like I said, I can believe for dropped the ball on this one, so we're going to add in here at the end. First off, I'll start us off on this one. I am so happy to see Lloyd Pierce go. Before the season started, me and Ben said, The next move for the Hawks will be getting rid of Lloyd Pierce at some point in time. He's a player development coach. He's not the coach of the future. The Hawks have finally made the future move, letting Nate McMillan take over. I feel like this is kind of a tryout for Nate McMillan to see if he can be the guy to sit around there full-time, but story dropped by the Athletic not too long after that. All the players hated Lloyd Pierce. He just had to get get him out of there. I mean, we blew 12 fourth-quarter leads. Absolutely inexcusable. Lloyd Pierce didn't know what he was doing at the end of these games. He plays horrible lineups. I kind of feel bad for him because we did start out the season four and one when we had a healthy team. After that, it went all downhill from there. But ultimately, he had to go. I think the Hawks made the right decision, and I think the Hawks made another step towards getting better. Now, next thing we need is some of these young players to get better.
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't disagree with much that, you, I don't disagree with much that you said there. Um, you know, I think some of the players might have spoken up if management had asked them how they really feel. Mm-hmm. The thing that I'm a little surprised about is when you know he was fired. The Hawks had offered the interim job to Nate McMillan. Like apparently he did not want it. Like apparently Lloyd Pierce had to convince him to like, hey, wow. you you deserve to be the coach of the team. I don't think it has to do with he doesn't want to coach the team. Mm-hmm. I think he loved working with Lloyd Pierce, and maybe he thought the Hawks are treating him a little unfairly. Um, do I really want to be here? I don't know. He he's the coach now. He's going to do a very good job or he's gonna do the best he can. And if he does well, I think he's gonna be the coach of the future. Now the Hawks, I mean Lloyd Pierce, yeah, is he is he a um a product of, of team injuries? He might be. But the the team is just not improving regardless. I mean, I, I think it's pretty obvious the duo of John Collins and Trey Young is not going to work to get wins because they've had Three years now, and they just don't win when they're on the court together. They both play well. They both have great individual stats. They both complement each other's game very well, but that duo is just not going to get it done in Atlanta. Um Listen, it's it's really unfortunate because you and I had pretty high, but also I thought it was kind of realistic expectations for the Hawks. I think I picked them to finish eighth, and you finished. I think you picked them seventh or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't think that was asking for too much. Now. They brought in Rondo. I think Rondo's played a total of eleven games. They brought in Chris Dunn. He's out for the year. They brought in Bogdanovich. He's played I think fifteen games. Gallinari, who they're paying way too much money, has only played like just under twenty or around twenty games. So Capella missed the beginning of the season. This team has just not been healthy. And DeAndre Hunter, um, who's been on the team since he's been drafted, but he tore his meniscus, so he's out another three four weeks. I mean this. And by the way, Cam Reddish. Send that, send that dude off. That that dude cannot play the game of basketball. I never thought he was that good at Duke. Uh, I thought he underachieved mightily at Duke. He was by far the third uh, best out of their big three, which was Zion and RJ. He yeah. wasn't even close to RJ and Zion's level. He's supposed to be a shooter. I got news for you. He can't shoot. I mean, I'm looking at it now, his numbers, okay? And I'll make this quick. He's. I think he's also hurt right now. He has radicule. soreness. You want to guess what he's shooting from the field and from three-pointers? Cam Reddish? Yep. Do I want to? He's shooting 36.5% <laughs> from the field and 26% from threes. Here is my attitude when it comes to NBA players. And this has to do with shooting. It has to do with free throws. It is your job to be an NBA player. It's It's a harder job than people give them credit for. If he's shooting this bad, this dude should be shooting – a three pointers every single day okay. until he improves if you're shooting 26 percent from threes then i don't i don't there's no way you're telling me that you're getting up your shots and you're practicing that hard because i guarantee you're not and it's the same thing when people are bad at free throws for a long period of time it, it goes for most big men but like mm-hmm. let's just use dwight howard as an example he was horrible at free throws that's why the hack of howard became a thing Are you going to tell me, are you going to convince me that Dwight Howard, he may have been practicing free throws every practice, sure. NBA teams don't practice that much. You have to practice on your own when you make it to the professional level. In all sports, you have to put the work in. I do not believe that Cam Reddish is putting the work in to be an NBA player. And guess what? I don't know if he's going to be in the league in a couple years. Because who wants a guy that is supposed to be known as a shooter that's shooting 26 percent from threes. How is that going to help any team? Now, on a positive note, he plays some good defense, but he just can't score.
0: I think and, a lot of it was Lloyd Pierce though not Lloyd knowing Pierce, how to use Cam was, Reddish. So I feel I feel like that having Lloyd Pierce out of there and getting a new coach in there that knows how to use him better will change things. But I'm not quite ready. to You might write be right, but yet. he's
1: also he's also I'm not writing him off. I shouldn't say that because he's still under contract. My point is he's not going to get another contract from the Hawks if he plays like this. He's averaging 29 minutes a game, and he's shooting 36% from the field, 11 points per game. That's just not going to cut it. It's not going to cut it.
0: No, I definitely agree with you there on that part, Ben. It's not going to cut it, but I think he will pick it up, and I think he will end up turning it around, so hopefully he does. If he hasn't done anything next year, then I'll be ready to get rid of him, but at this point, I definitely want to give him a little bit more time, but anything else we should talk about before we get up out of here, Ben? I'm good Hey, I'm good as well um, We appreciate everyone who tuned in once again Get ready guys, we got so much content for coming for y'all It's March, it's basketball time Let's do it